Epstein killed himself. No, he was murdered. I told him. So there's a homeless man over here. You guys come up with these outfits. I like them. They want to dance with the devil. And you're you want to dance. I'm willing to, to, to go to your song. Let me play a song. J.G. What Right. We're back. We're live. This is it. This is Faust and Furious. We're doing it. Woohoo! What up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the show. It's a brand new episode. It has been about six months since we've done the podcast, the OG podcast, Faust and Furious. And uh, I'm happy to be back. This is going to be an interesting short episode because I got a hot fucking date after this. Uh, As always, if you chat into the show, the comments should come up. I think they're going to pop up right around here somewhere. And I always appreciate the love in the comments on the live chat. If you're watching, please also like the video and share it with somebody. Share it with uh, your local comp troller. Still not really sure what that even is, but... Share it with your local comp troller. As you can see over here, this is the new producer cam. This is where my new producer is going to be, who is a secret. He's a secret surprise. But we should have him on the next episode. So look, I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the, the podcast, Faust and Furious, back to life and... It's going to have, I'm going to have a producer who's capable and intelligent and able to look some stuff up. Another new Charlie. Hopefully he lasts more than five or six episodes. I, I burn through producers like cigarettes, you know, I just, once they're burnt out, you throw them in the fucking trash, never talk to them again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is it. We're back to the original format once again. Uh, Nothing bad happened. I just think that doing a rant-style podcast is... um, (laughs) is, uh, The rant-style podcast is more for me because I can yell if I want. I can yell at people that aren't there. I can throw things. I can do whatever I want. And I don't have to... Uh, be disturbed by the other energies in the room. Not that that's a problem. Uh, you know, I like doing podcasts with other people as well. Specifically, I like interviewing people, but not on this fucking show, baby. This is my show. You're in my house, baby. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we're bringing back Faust and Furious. That was my long about 
long, it was my roundabout long way of saying we're bringing back Faust and Furious. I'm going to have a new producer next episode, which could be any time. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. It could be the next morning at 9 a.m. It could be the next morning at 9 a.m. It could be at 3 p.m. It could be whenever we're going to fucking do it because it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want, baby. Uh, before I continue, I do want to shout out Texas Land. As you can see in the producer's camera, Texas Land sponsors this podcast. They're the best. I really appreciate everything that they do. And if you want some good land, go over to Texas Land. Get you some regular land. Get you some residential land. Get you some investment land. All right. That's enough of the uh, sponsors. So, um... I didn't really prepare too much for this, and like I said, it's going to be a short one, but as you can see by the title here, uh, this, is, this episode is going to be a little more serious. It's going to be about sobriety, of which I am completely sober one month, with the exception of my birthday. I got drunk at my birthday roast. It was a good time. I had a couple cold ones because I wanted to. It was my birthday, and I could do whatever I want. Um... But uh, seriously, I've, I've uh, quit drinking completely. I quit smoking cigarettes. I've started working out at least once every single day, sometimes twice. Uh, as I was talking about in the previous podcast, I golf now. But I want to talk about sobriety and the effect it has had on my life. I also want to point out before we continue that this, this, is, this podcast is going to be more of a, um, you know, a... news not not news like like a radio style presentation the delivery is going to be very radio-esque so i'm going to be on my computer looking up stuff that i need to look up when i have a producer in here he'll be helping me do stuff like that and we're going to be putting this on spotify that's why i mentioned that so you'll be able to listen to this in the car whenever you want we're going to go live randomly it's uh not gonna be too serious it's not going to be too fucked up and funny like the gary bobby show which for the record i do want to say that um, I loved doing the Gary Bobby show. We just wrapped season three with the roast. We interviewed Jared Nathan for episode 34, and then 35 was the roast. I'm going to put that together and probably, hopefully, premiere that on, the, on, on uh, Wednesday. And that's a wrap on Gary Bobby for the time being. I love working with Bobby and Bogus and all them, uh, but I think we're doing some other projects. We're just going to be really busy. Bobby's super fucking busy, but um, I'm still going to be doing a separate project with him more than likely he's one of my best friends i love the guy to fucking death um and uh yeah so so this is back so we're back and yeah that's exciting i want to talk about uh and and hey and before i move forward i'm going to talk about delatiste 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 janitor janitorial service uh my friend maserati pock has um, opened a, an, an upscale janitorial service. If you need anything cleaned, reach out to Maserati Pac. I don't have the Instagram on hand, but Maz, if you're in the comments, chat in right now. Give your info. So we're gonna be. I'm gonna be trying to do this more often, man. I've just been so fucking busy lately, and then I got sober about a month ago. All right, and it was not because of anything good. Nobody gets sober because their life is going fantastic, you know? Uh, so this is going to be kind of morbid, but here it goes. About a month and a half, two months ago, 
I, a very close friend of mine, I haven't talked about this at all, very close friend of mine and a very important person in the Austin comedy scene passed away from a heart attack. He, um, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's really not my place to talk about it, but um, he was a good, he was a good friend of mine and he was the, uh, one of the owners of the Sunset Strip Comedy Club and he unexpectedly passed from a heart attack. He has, he had three kids um, and he was a very generous and he gave a, a stage time to a lot of people, a lot of up and comers in Austin and, he was basically the kind of person, this is Adam Hartle I'm talking about. He was the kind of person who was very generous with his time, his money, his emotions. He, he was his, everything about this guy. He was awesome. He was a very nice guy. A lot of people said he was, uh, you know, the nicest person that they had ever met, which is insane that that many people could say that specific thing about one guy. And it really is a statement to his character and... Uh, him, he was a great father. Statement to him as, as a father, as a comedian. Um, he wasn't the best comedian, but he was a great, uh, he put on a great fucking show every single time. And he was uh, developing a club that's yet to be open on 6th Street, but he was developing a club that was a place where up-and-comers could sort of hone their talents. It was a holding room, as a friend of mine once said, for up-and-coming comics, and he really gave opportunity to a lot of people. He was one of um, a handful of people here in Austin who I would say has given more opportunity to other people, myself included, than I think anyone else in comedy. In my uh, narrow scope of what I know about comedy, I'm only in production, and I'm only really in Austin, so I can't speak for you know L.A. or New York or whatever, uh, but... He, he was a very important person out here. Anyways, just, you know, give ode to him. But my, the reason I bring this up is because uh, he, he, uh, he passed away and it made me become very introspective about a lot of aspects of my life, a lot of the partying and the, and the, the strip clubs and stuff like that, which I was already pretty much over. But it made me think that, um, made me think about things like, like, uh, what am I really doing here? What do I want my legacy to be? My, I don't have a, 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 a regular strong relationship with my son, although I would say that I have a strong bond with him. If you can differentiate the two, you know, the dichotomy between having a, a regular relationship. And when I say regular, I mean, you know, daily. Um, and, and then having a bond where when I do see him, it's like nothing has even changed. He's like, hey, dad, what's up? You know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. So it made me really get introspective about my relationship with my son and, and about my legacy in whatever I do, not that that could, not that that's going to have a massive impact on a lot of millions of people, but the people that it does have an impact on, I would like it to be a good, a good impact. And I realized that a lot of people, um, don't necessarily know who I am because I put on a lot of, uh, I put on a persona a character, which is the character that you see in the promos for Gary Bobby and on the podcast for Gary Bobby. That's not really who I am. It's an online persona. It's a character that I play. And, uh, I, it's not, I don't want people to think that that's real. I, I, I always think it's obvious that what I'm doing is a fucking, is a, is a, is a bit, but sometimes I don't think people really, really understand that it is, uh, which was brought up in my recent court case about my custody hearing, uh, my custody of my son. 
and the you know and obviously they're they're quite obviously acting as if everything I do and say online is real, which is ridiculous. You know, um, things like they said that I fired a gun into my ceiling in my studio. That's this is all special effects. None of that's real. I I none of it. The point is, I was thinking about my legacy and the effect I have on other people, the impact and influence I have on other people. And I don't ever want anybody thinking that it's just all like, you know, drugs, strippers, partying, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a fucking character. Um, and, but sometimes the character, you become the character and vice versa and whatever the fuck. Point is, his death made me very introspective about a couple of things. And um, I, don't, I don't want anybody to think that life is all just a fucking, you know, free-for-all party, whatever, rock and roll, all that shit. It's, uh, there's also other important shit you should be doing. And, and, like, you know, people, I think Bobby's another example of somebody, they're like, oh, Bobby's this fucking guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Bobby has a good time and everything, but that motherfucker practices and plays every goddamn day. There's a lot of hard work that goes into stuff like music, and it's not something that's just fly by the seat of your pants. Although we like to run things that way and shoot from the hip sometimes, there is a lot of prep work and there's a lot of practice and there's a lot of research and stuff that goes into these kinds of things. And um, I don't know. It just it just uh, made me really think about how I'm acting. I know, I, I'm a broken record. I keep saying that over and over again. Um, and then also Maddie's dad. My fr- Anybody that's, watches, that's watching this probably knows who Maddie is. Maddie Murrow was a regular on the uh, Gary Bobby show with uh, – with me and Bobby, and she also did a podcast called ATX After Dark with Kaylee Funk for a while that fucking completely fell apart because women are fucking insane and can't work well together, it seems. I don't know. They're just out of their minds. But um, her dad died from a brain tumor. And, and again, this was another person who, he was a father. This guy, Frank Murrah, I, I, was, I was not, I wouldn't say super close to them, but I definitely knew him. I had met him. I had his phone number. I talked to him all the time. He, he passed away as well, and... Again, I another father, and I thought, man, what am I doing here? What am, I'm, uh, I'm really. There, there was death all around me for a while there, and I also lost my court case, which really, really fucking sucked. It was expected. I was not surprised by it. I just uh, lost it by a little bit more than I thought that I would lose it by. If that makes sense, it was a custody hearing, so it's not like, um, it's not like. Uh, I was expecting to get full custody or, or even joint custody, for, to be honest. But it just really sucked how it turned out. But I did get a court order so that now I can actually go see my son and have a healthy, more regular relationship with him, which is fucking awesome. And uh, it was just crazy. It, the whole thing was crazy. So that all that happened. And then uh, I, had a, I had a falling out with someone close to me that I'm not going to talk about. Temporary, temporary falling out. And I realized that uh, I can just be a giant fucking asshole when I'm drinking or doing this or that or whatever. And I thought that uh, sobriety would be maybe a choice that I, sh- that I should go down that road. And it really, the biggest influence on that really was Adam Hartle's death. It, it just, it really had a transformative effect on me. I wanted to kind of get my shit together. So I've, I started working out. I had some alcohol withdrawal it, pretty much every night for three or four days at the same time every night too, I'd start feeling sick around 8 PM, 9 PM. And then I would throw up around midnight. It was weird. I don't know if that's because I'm not as regularly drinking or whatever it was, but I was a little bit further in the hole than I thought that I was. So, um, so sobriety is not something that is like, Oh, look, I'm sober. Cause there's people that are like that too. And AA. I'm sober. And they become these sober douchebags. I'm not going to become a sober douchebag. I had a, I got drunk on my road at my roast, 
little bit drunk. And I, I had a beer at New Year's and on Christmas. I'll have a beer, but I'm not touching anything else. No liquor, none of that shit. And, uh, and this was something I'd already been kind of working on for a while, but I just want to, you know, put it out there that uh, you can be sober and still have a good time, but there are a couple weeks when you first start doing it that are, like, everything's just awkward, especially going to bars. It's, you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? You drink a sparkling water, you feel like kind of fucking gay. Uh, you're drinking, you know, you're drinking a, 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 a fucking, like, laser would give me shit. <laughs> he would be, he'd be like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you drinking a fucking sparkling water? Anyways, it's not gay. Well, it is gay, but the point is that you can do it and still have a good time. And you've and, and what I've noticed being sober is that I'm a lot more efficient. I'm working out a lot. I'm coming up with new creative ideas. There's there was sort of a plateau period of time where I felt stagnant, and it was I, everything just kind of sucked. So I just worked out twice a day for a couple of weeks, and you know, worked my way out of it. Quite literally, worked my worked out my way out of it. And now I'm uh, working on uh, just all the same stuff. I just feel a lot more efficient, a lot more organized. I have clarity. And, I, and when I say I have clarity, I've heard alcoholics say this before. When I was a teenager, I, I went to an AA meeting and all these fucking people at AA who, again, a lot of the, that's a, AA is a cult for sure. I'm not a big fan of it. I think some people do need it. Some people just need a cult in general. We just, I just think that if you're going to be in a cult, it should be a healthier cult. Point is, uh, if you, if you, if you're, um, if you're gonna be sober, just don't be a douchebag about it. You know, you can still be cool. And, and really the, the, what you should be working towards is moderation. Some people have genetic disabilities or whatever, where even if they're so, even if, even if they have one drink, they just turn into a piece of shit, uh, so some people really can't drink. That's that's not me. I just overindulge. I'm a binger. Um, so yeah, sobriety. Uh, became introspective. Started exercising a lot more. Feel a lot healthier. And uh, oh, clarity. So that's where I was at. Clarity. I, I started realizing and having a lot more awareness when I w became sober. I quit smoking cigarettes too. Um, and... Uh, I, I just, a clarity, when I say clarity, I just mean I started to like really being aware of my effect on other people. Like, I'm not the nicest person. And uh, I think other people that become sober also start to become more aware of their own emotions, which in turn makes you empathize with people better, I think. Um, and uh, I, I just realized I missed something really important. I had a minor uh, cardiac episode, let's call it, about two weeks after Adam Hartle's death because I was just, you know, going hard in the paint doing a lot of crazy shit and um that's that was actually the the that was the the climax of uh, the chaos in my life so i just i just didn't want the chaos anymore and uh yeah i just i was being a shithead to a lot of people i wasn't getting anything done uh stuff like that so anyways that's the that's that's the the bulk of what i wanted to say was just that uh you know you can find other important things to do. And you'll find more meaning in stuff. That's another thing. I've found more meaning in things. Like, like uh, when I go to the golf course, I used to not really give a shit how good I was. Because I just would be like, yeah, I'll get drunk. And, well, not get hammered drunk. Well, sometimes I would get hammered drunk. I did get hammered drunk and take my dick out on the 18th hole once. I'm not going to name the golf course because I do not want to be banned from there because it is my favorite golf course. 
And um, I did take my dick out, and then my ex-girlfriend got mad at me and ran me over with a golf cart. Well, not her fault, but that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. That's drunk golfing, which you got to do with the boys. If you're going to do drunk golfing, don't bring your girlfriend or your ex-girlfriend or your side piece or whatever your situation is. Go, go drunk golfing with the boys, and then go eat something afterward before you uh, reintroduce yourself into society. That being said, I don't drink anymore, so when I'm golfing now, I'm very hyper-focused on my, on my game, on my gameplay, and I've gotten a lot better. I'm still golfing like a 20 handicap, roughly, which is not that great. I'd like to be a lot better than that. But when, you, when you're golfing and you're sober, you're, you're, you find more meaning in it. You, know? you find more meaning in your workouts. Because I used to work out hungover, and that would, it doesn't have a lot of benefit. Because you're struggling to just get through it. Just like when you're golfing, you're just ch- kind of having a good time. You're getting through it. By the end of it, you're kind of fucked up. And then you're taking a na- you're eating and then taking a nap afterward. When you're, when you're doing these things sober, and I drink a lot more coffee now too. But when you're doing these things sober, you find more meaning in it. And uh, you're, you're doing better workouts. You're focusing on different muscle groups. You're more in tune with your body, literally. My golf swing has dramatically improved over the past month. Uh, I'm not, I'm not slicing or, or I think slicing is to the right. I used to slice almost every single time. Now I'm hitting them pretty fucking straight. And the key, by the way, to a good golf swing, the key to a good golf swing is nice and easy. Keep your eye on the ball. Nice and easy. You don't have to hit the fuck out of it, you know? Cause then your then your body, your position of your body's moving. You got to get it nice and easy, get it nice and smooth and figure that shit out before you start to hit it harder. And I'm, I'm I'm getting there, but it is it is a process. Um, also, uh, and again, this could all just be me, but I've found more meaning in other things too, like food. When you're sober, food is uh, I think has maybe my taste buds are just coming back, but I like trying new food. I have more money. There's no, I'm not worried about spending all this money on bar tabs. Although I would say that uh, most of my bar, bar tabs got comped when I did drink a lot, but. There's just a dramatic difference in the quality of life. I find a lot more happiness in things. I like going on hikes and shit now. It's just a lot different. I think I'm a dramatically different person. A lot of people are like, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you. Shut the fuck up. I don't need you to be proud of me. This is something I should have been doing anyways. I'm a grown-ass man. I shouldn't have been, you know, fucking off like I was a little bit. Um, And stuff like that. Okay, that's the the bulk of what I wanted to talk about today. I was also going to say... and I don't know if there was anything really super meaningful there. I just, uh, that's where I've been. We're going to be doing this podcast more often, hopefully. I want to do it at least three times a week, which was my original plan, but then I just got sidetracked. The Gary Bobby Show is, season three is over. We, we might bring it back down the road. We might not. I have no idea. Just look out for the roast. The footage, some of the footage is kind of fucked up and the audio is bot- botched, but I, I'm a pretty, I'm a whiz at editing, uh, fixing stuff at least in editing. So... It it will come together in some in some way, shape, or form. The the roast, my roast, birthday thing, birthday barbecue, whatever the fuck you want to call it, will be published and premiered for everybody to see um, next Wednesday, and that'll be the end of Gary Bobby for the time being. I'm working on some projects with Laser, Uncle Laser. If you don't follow Uncle Laser, follow him right now. He is a very very interesting guy. He's a short king. He's a short guy, but he's a, he's a badass. I like him a lot. People keep saying that they think we're related, and I actually can kind of see it. He, uh, we're pretty similar 
people, except um, this guy, he just got, uh, he's got a whole, he's got the X factor. He's got something that not a lot of people have. And um, if I had been doing this longer, I could say something cliche like, I've been doing this a long time and I've only seen a couple people who can do what he does, which I've only been doing comedy production for about two years. So I can't say that. That would be, that'd be ridiculous and giving myself more credit than what I'm really actually worth. But what I can say is in my life, of meeting crazy fucking psychos and, and hanging out with people that do really wild shit. Um, there's been a handful of people who I really got a vibe from that. I thought they were something really fucking different. And one of them was John McAfee. Naturally. I did a three or four interviews with him. And every time I just, I felt like I was gleaning something, even when I wasn't paying attention, there was always everything he said was a fucking silver lining. It felt like, you know, um, and the only other person that I've ever, uh, 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 well, there's probably some others in there that I can't remember, but John McAfee was one of them. Maj Toure, uh, black guy from Philly who runs black guns matter. That was another guy who uh, very rarely does somebody change my mind about something. And he absolutely, we had a conversation about reparations with him. And anyways, I'm not trying to, uh, um, put a laser into the pile of political people, but he definitely has a different thing about him. So go check him out. That's my, uh, my, that's my, that's me brown nosing my friend for today's fucking episode. Just, just go follow him on Instagram or on TikTok. He's always posting ridiculous shit. He's just a funny motherfucker. And I, he's a good time. He's a good, good time. Charlie to hang out with, you know? Um, uh, you, so I'm working on some projects with him. And then also I want to really, Pat myself and Michael Cargill on the back for, um, speaking of people that are fucking crazy that leave an impression on me, Michael Cargill is another one of those people. Gay black Republican gun store owner who more than likely I will be going to the Supreme Court with at some point in the next year maybe because he appealed the bump stock lawsuit that was originally, he got the thumbs down on it. He appealed it in the Fifth Circuit and won 13 to 3 against Garland and the ATF and the Department of Justice. Uh, and and uh, now Mississippi and Louisiana and Texas legally have bump stocks. The bump stocks that were confiscated by the federal government, by the feds, have now been returned. Well, they should be getting returned rightfully to their owners. So. Uh, whether you like guns or not, this this lawsuit isn't really about guns, and that's what uh, I think is being smeared in the media about it. I've been producing Come and Talk It, which is Michael Cargill, hosted by Michael Cargill. It's a gun talk show here in Austin on AM radio and on all streaming platforms, obviously, and it's also on Band.Video, which is uh, an InfoWars subsidiary. So hate me or love me, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I like the Second Amendment, but this specific lawsuit actually has to do with um it has to do with the federal government an agency specifically an agency the ATF within the federal government creating their own laws they cannot do that that's for the congress to do congress writes laws because they're elected to do that an agency within the uh, federal government cannot do that and this essentially is saying the ATF cannot create a law that bump stocks are illegal and it's kind of tied in with pistol braces and some other things, but it's setting precedent that, uh, that, that federal agencies cannot do that, which is fucking crazy that we even have to have this conversation. Uh, it's, it's, it, the closest analogy I can come up with for this is if all of a sudden 
there was a federal agency that said plan B illegal. And I know that that might be happening in certain places. That's also fucking crazy. You can't do that. The Congress can technically do that if people voted on them, voted for, voted them into office, and then they wrote, wrote those laws, which is also fucking crazy. I don't think Plan B should be illegal. I don't think abortion should be illegal either. Um, I can have these opinions on politics because I'm a multifaceted individual, and I think for myself. But... Uh, that this, this bump stock case is more important than just legalizing bump stocks, whether you agree or disagree with those. This is about, uh, so in my opinion, you know, it's about states and people having sovereignty from the federal government, from the feds. You know what I mean? The feds watching, as 2 Chains says. So uh, I have been helping Cargill do that for the past, like, four fucking years, and, it's, and, they, and we won. And... I, if, if, you know, if we go to the Supreme Court, I'll be there with them and I will be uh, recording everything. I also will be probably wearing some sort of suit with, uh, with guns on it. I think that'd be a good look. I mean, if that's going to go in the history books and people are going to be taking photos and, and uh, documenting this, I want to look back and, and see how fresh I looked and have a shirt with an AK-47 on it or a bazooka, something like that. Yeah. All right. I think that's almost everything. Uh, before I go, I want to give a thank you to Hans Kim, Leonardo Joni, Uncle Laser, Bobby Flacco, Zach Bogus, Brielle Carvalho, Maddie Murra, Andy Craig, and oh my God, am I forgetting somebody? Nick Cavalier. Everybody that was helped that helped produce and put together the roast. The birthday party roast. The last episode of season three. Fuck Gary Faust. That's what we called it. Zach Bogus came up with that. I think he has some under underlying repressed feelings towards me. I think he hates me, which is fine. You can hate me because you ain't me. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, and uh, like I said, I kind of want to dedicate this episode to Adam Hartle. He was a very close friend of mine. He was always asking me how my custody situation was going with little Gary. And, and a lot of people ask, you know, everybody knows, anybody that knows me well knows how fucked up that situation is. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really sucks, man. I, I really one day hope that, uh, I don't know how his, his family feels about him doing comedy out here and all that, but, uh, that, that guy was very well loved. He really was. And he was a great man. And I really wish him and his family the best. They are good people and I love them, even though I don't really know his family that well, but I love them all because they're Adam's family. Anyways, um, yeah, be on the lookout for these more often. I think that's enough. I think I'm going to cut this off. I'm going to go masturbate before my date. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>